I want to say good morning. I want to welcome you guys. Thank you so much for coming out and worshiping with us in person today. We also want to give it up for our Grayson campus. We're super excited about what God's doing there. Grayson, come on. Yeah, that's awesome. Clap. And today we want to thank God so much for what he's doing in Ashton. We've been streaming, streaming our, our, our whole entire service to the Ashton campus right now. We've been streaming the message, the worship, and everything. And today, for the first time, Doug and Heath stepped up and led worship. We had live worship there at the Ashland campus. So, guys, I'm so excited what God's about to do there in the Boy County area. Man, I feel like we've just not even begun to see what God's going to do in that region. And so, man, I'm really excited about this series. We're in February is kind of known for our relationship series. Every if you've been with us for a while, every February we do something about relationships. We've got our marriage night coming up for married couples. Uh, this is going to be our fourth year doing it. I want to encourage you to come to that. I'm really excited about what God wants to do in married couples' lives. We've had unbelievable testimonies uh, birth out of that night. It's just an hour, hour and ten minutes of your time. If I drink coffee, maybe an hour and a half. It's okay, but it's worth it, okay? I'm telling you, I really believe that God wants to do stuff and do something in your marriage. And so this series is called Relation Tips. We want to give you some relation tips for your relationship. And last week, Pastor Adam talked about friendship. And we all need friends in our life. And he gave some great tips and great advice about how to be a friend and some ways that you could get connected. I say this all the time. You're not going to know everyone at Better Life Church, but you need to know someone. You need the people in your life. And this day, usually the second Sunday in February, obviously it's around Valentine's Day, right? The Super Bowl and Valentine's Day. Does anything go better than like football, like chocolate? Right? I mean, like, like here it goes, like, you know, you got Valentine's Day and love is in the air, or at least for some, you know, love is in the air. And this is the weekend that a lot of times that churches will talk about love. They'll talk about, you know, how to find true love. What do you do when you're waiting on true love? How to re-spark the flame of love in your marriage. And I've preached on every one of those topics before, but today I want to take a little, uh, a different spin on, on love. In fact, today I want to talk to you about love, a certain love that has the power to change every one of your relationships. Every relationship that you ever had or will have, this has the power to change every relationship. This has the power to change a marriage, the, the love that I'm going to talk about today. It has the power to change uh, from, from, from your coworkers to your boss. It has the power to change uh, a boyfriend and girlfriend type relationship. And you may be asking this question, what type of love can you could explain to me that changes all my relationships? Every single relationship that you ever have in your life, this has the power to change it. And the, and the love that I will talk about today is self-love. How are you loving yourself? You know, Brandon, he, he preached on Wednesday night to our students. He talked about self-love and the self-image. He had no idea I was preaching on that this, this Sunday. I didn't know he was preaching on it. So I love when the Holy Spirit kind of lines things, a word for the house and how he speaks into it. He did an amazing job talking to our students. And I want to build on that. I want to talk about the self-love. How are you loving yourself? Now, here's a disclaimer. Nowhere in the Bible are we commanded to love ourselves. Nowhere in the Bible. In fact, we want to point to the greatest commandments when Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind. And then he says what? Love your neighbor and watch this, as you love yourself. The only two imperatives in that text, when you look at the language, the only two imperatives is to love God, love your neighbor. Love yourself was not a command because the scripture, it's already a given. Here's the reality. You already love yourself. Every one of us love ourselves. Now, we got to ask the question, are we loving ourselves correctly? But every single one of us love ourselves. Paul, when he's talking about husbands and wives, he says in Ephesians chapter 5, he says, men, he said, love your wife as you care and love for your body. What is he saying? I already know you love yourself. So how you love yourself, you should love your wife. In fact, there's going to be evidence that you love yourself on how you love your wife. 
And so the Bible has already given that you love yourself, that I love myself. But the question is, are we loving ourselves correctly? Because if we would love ourselves properly, if we would love ourselves correctly, it would, it, would, it would affect every single one of our relationships. How my boss talks to me, how my coach talks to me, my boyfriend, my girlfriend, my, my, my coworker, my spouse. When we get this love right, it will change every single one our, of our relationships. And that's what I wanna really wanna focus on today. The question is this, are you loving yourself correctly? The reality is this, you will never live above the way that you love yourself. You will never live above the way that you see yourself. How are you seeing yourself? How do you love yourself? And here's the crazy thing about it. You can't buy it. So many people try to buy it. You can't earn it. So many people try to earn it, try to work their way forward. You can't accomplish it. Someday I'll have self-love or the right self-love. You already got self-love. But do you have the right self-love? Now, when you think about self-love, a lot of times we don't really probably say that. You never go around and go, man, I'm just loving myself, right? Or, or you don't go around and say, I just don't love myself. There's some other words that maybe if you're in psychology or, 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 or thinking through or studying it, there's some other words that we would say, but at the core of it is self-love. You may say something about your self-image. You may read about self-image. We really don't talk much about self-image. Like, you, you, you may read something to say how they see themselves or their self-image, but self-image is just a part of self-love. In fact, self-image is the idea that you have about yourself, the idea that you have about your abilities, your appearance, your personality. This would be your self-image. Most people, a lot of people, don't have a healthy self-image. Why? Because they don't, they don't know how to love themselves correctly. Then you have the word self-esteem. And a lot of us, we know what self-esteem is because you hear more about self-esteem. Hey, so-and-so has a low self-esteem or, or, or so-and-so has a, a very high self-esteem about themselves and we need to help them because you, you can see low self-esteem. You can hear low self-esteem. You can be around someone just in a moment and listen to the words that come out of their mouth and it will show what's in their heart. They may not even see it. Sometimes they're even blinded to it. You can hear when someone has a low self-view or low self-love for themselves. You just sit around just for a moment and you can hear it because of the words that come out of the mouth. But self-esteem is how you feel about yourself. Now, this one's very dangerous because our feelings will lie to us. Sometimes, right, we do the 20 minutes on the treadmill. Yeah, what's up, man? I'm feeling good, right? Right? And then you go to Golden Corral and you drink the chocolate fountain, right? And then you feel bad. One moment I feel good because something's happening and something's good in my life and I got this good stuff. Okay, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this. And next is, woe is me, I'm a nobody, no one cares about me, no one loves me. Look how I ruined my life. And we'll go back and forth, back and forth on this emotional roller coaster. I know because I've been there. Like this is, I'm preaching to myself. And a lot of this has to do, I'm mean, just, just honestly, a lot of it has to do with how you were raised, how your parents spoke over you, and, and what happened in your life. A lot of this when you were a kid, what coach spoke, what teacher said, what friend said, and all these experiences and trials and things happened to your life. Today, you have this self-image of yourself based on the words or the things that happen in your life. And so we look externally to find our self-love, our self-worth, our self-image, our self-esteem. And another word would, would, would fall back on that really is, would be your self-worth. What value do you have to offer anybody? What value do you have? You'll see this a lot of time when people come from bad relationships or broken relationships. I, I, I'm worthless. I have nothing else to offer. 
I'm no good, I'm not valuable, I'll ruin that one and I'll probably ruin that relationship and you can keep going and you have this incorrect self-love about yourself, unhealthy self-image, unhealthy self-esteem and a very unhealthy self-worth. You don't have to raise your hand, but am I preaching to anybody this morning? Because you know, I know this about every one of us, we love ourselves. But the problem is, are we loving ourselves correctly? And if, you, if you're struggling with any of this, I'm telling you, you came the right Sunday. Because we're going to unpack this, we're going to walk through this. How do you love yourself correctly? But let's first talk about how are you loving yourself incorrectly? Well, if you're here, and I've been there before, I'm trying to me, I've been there, and, and God is doing a work in my life, and, and still doing a work in my life. Because <clears throat> I don't think you, <clears throat> excuse me, ever arrive I don't think you ever really get to the point because you have a devil that hates you, a world that's trying to shape you, and your flesh that has trying to ruin you. So you will always have a devil that's going to lie to you. You're no good. No one loves you. You're damaged good. Look at you. You'll never make it. You're not as pretty as them. You'll never be as good as leaders as them. And you can fill in the blank. You'll never have a marriage like them. And, and you go on and on and on. You'll always have a devil to lie to you, to reinforce maybe an experience you had in your past, or a lie that was spoken over you when you was a kid. And you're wondering now, like you're 30 some years old with three kids, and why am I still struggling with this? Why do I give a rip what people think about me anymore? Why am I still codependent? Why does people's opinion, when you have a thousand people who love you and you have one critic who hates you, you're more focused on the critic than the thousand people who love you, why? And all of a sudden, we, because we don't have a proper self-love for ourselves, which we do love, but if we love ourselves incorrectly, we have a low self-esteem, low self-image, and low self-worth. And you, you will base this on appearance. A lot of times you'll look in the mirror and you don't like what you see, and therefore that you find your self-love in how you look. For some, it's your abilities. I'll never have skills or talents, and I'll never be as good as them or as good as her or whatever it may be, and I don't have anything to offer. Therefore, I have a low self-esteem. I'm loving myself incorrectly. Maybe it's accomplishments. I never really accomplished anything. I never been, I don't have the accolades to show for it. Therefore, you have a low self-esteem, self-worth, self-love, or possessions. I'll never drive that. I'll never live in that. I'll, we'll never have those things. I'll never have nice things and, or whatever it may be. And therefore, you think less of yourself. This is, this, is the, this is what the enemy wants for us. Maybe you have thoughts in your mind that goes like this. God really doesn't care about me. I'm unlovable. I'm a worthless person. Nobody will ever love me. I'll never be able to change. I'm always going to be this. My, my, my grandma was a worry. My, my mom's a worry. I'm just always worrying about everything. It's just in my DNA. I'll never change. I'll never break the generational curse. My, parent, my grandparents are broke. My parents are broke. I will always be broke. That's a generational curse mindset that's passed down. My, de- my grandpa was an alcoholic. My dad was an alcoholic. You know what? I'm just going to be an alcoholic. And you, you never can break this mold. And it's all because you don't love yourself correctly. It's not that, it, hey, it's just passed down. You have the power in Jesus to break any curse the enemy or weapon forms against you. But we just don't know that, or we don't live that, or we don't believe that. And so you have these thoughts in your mind. I'm a failure, I'm always gonna be a failure. And we can go on and on. If people really knew who I was, they would not like me. I'm a fake, I'm a phony. I'm one thing in public, I'm another thing in private. And we'll have this endless cycle over, over, over. And the problem is we view ourselves incorrectly because we are looking for external sources to find our identity. And you know what the Bible calls that? Idolatry. Idolatry. When I sit here and I think, what are they gonna think if I'm good enough, if I'm pretty enough? 
And if, if I'm smart enough, what will other people think about me? And sometimes, listen, the problem is we are seeing ourselves through other people's insecurities. I mean, listen, this is, listen to this. I'm telling you, this could change. How people treat you most of the time has nothing to do about how they feel about you. It's how they feel about themselves. I don't think you caught that one. How people treat you most of the time is not what they think about you or view you. It's what they feel about themselves. Why? Because hurting people hurt people. Listen, but loving people love people. The opposite is true. And I, I had this, 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 this sermon really was birthed out of a phone call I had a while back with someone. And we talk about this and there's all this about what other people think and all these things in our life. And I finally got to the point of this because I understand that because I was like a really, really big, huge people pleaser. And if you're a really big, huge people pleaser, people pleaser, pastoring is the wrong profession. Because you can't please everyone. Or you see people you pull your heart and your soul into and then they leave. And you still see them at Walmart. And you still see them at places where you go shopping or at ball games. And your, your heart is broken for them. Like, what happened? What's wrong? You take it personal. And God's been really been doing a work in my life through that and healing me uh, from that. But the reality is that here's why I got to the point, and here's why I had to get to this point. If I'm not hurt you or done something directly to offend you or hurt you or said something, and you don't like me, I'm not broken. You are. You're broken because broken people and hurting people hurt people. And when you understand that, that most people, what they think or see you is really how they feel about themselves. Listen to you, married couples. That could change your marriage right there. Well, you blame her, you blame him. Look at yourself, look in the mirror. Are you loving yourself correctly? Because as I love myself, I'm able to love others as a love that pours out of me. But like Brandon said on Wednesday night, until you've experienced true unconditional love, you no way be able to love someone the way they deserve to be loved nor even love yourself. So idolatry is finding your self-worth, your value, your significance, and anything else other than Jesus. That's idolatry. But then you have this low self-esteem, and that's kind of easy kind of to point out because you can you, you could see it in people. You could hear how they talk. But then I don't want to say high self-esteem. I'm going to call it an excessive. I like to I'll coin that word, excessive self-esteem. Like this is the person that's really excessive. In fact, they don't even know they have that high, super high excessive like self-esteem. This person always preoccupied trying to always be perfect. Like this is the person, if they don't make 102 on the test, they think less of themselves. The overachiever hides in this. I'm all about being the very best you that you can do, and I'm, always, I'm all about being the very best that you can always be. But when I find my value and my worth in a grade, in an accolade, in a promotion, or a pay raise, if that's where my worth is found, I'm not loving myself correctly. And so many people have this excessive high self-esteem they don't even, don't even know it. This is the person that's always right. Some of you married that person. You're sitting here right now going, what's the problem? I'm always right. I'm preaching at you. I'm preaching at you. Receive it. Receive it. <laughs> right? This is the person saying, I'm always right. They always consider themselves others before. They, they never consider other people. They're always put themselves first. They have no empathy towards people because it's all about them. They have this entitlement mindset that I deserve special treatment. I'm entitled to this. This is an ego-driven person. And we know people like this. We know people on both sides. We all have been on both sides. And we don't love. So the question is, where is in 
correct self-love rooted in? Like, where does this come from? And both of these, the low self-esteem and the excessive self-esteem, watch this, all is rooted in pride. Both of those are rooted in pride. And the Bible says that God hates pride. He opposes the proud, but boy, he will pour out grace upon grace to the humble. The person who has a low self-esteem is full of pride. The person who has an excessive self-esteem is also full of pride. You may say, how are they both rooted in pride? One of them says, look how good I am. The other one says, look how bad I am. But I want you to understand, you know what the denominator is between those? Self. It's all about you. Listen, the person with the low self-esteem, I'm no good, no one loves me, I'm damaged goods, no one even cares about me, I'm not pretty, I'll never be good, I'll never be a good parent, I'll never be a good boss, I'll never be a good spouse, I'll never break addiction. What's words you hear me saying there? I, 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 I. And anytime you focus on I, it's pride. The person on this side is going, I am good enough. I can't believe people don't respect me. That's why I deserve this. I am always right. I'm going to be the boss. It's my way or the highway. What's the same problem? It's all about me. Both are consumed with self. And when you're consumed with self, it's rooted in pride. And so both of them are trying to be manipulated by the enemy. Did you know the devil became the devil because of pride? He says, I will ascend to the heavens. I will overthrow God. I will sit on that throne. And it was his pride that led to his fall. That's why God hates pride. But he will give grace to the humble. And so we gotta figure out how do we then not have a low self-esteem, but not an excessive self-esteem, but how do we meet in this middle? I talked to about my wife about this the other night. I said, what's the gap? Not low, but not high, but how do you live right here? How do you live? Because it's a two-headed dragon. It's a two-headed coin. Both sides of the coin, if it's super low or super high, but how do I live in that little narrow area? How do I have a healthy self-esteem? That I'm not like, woe is me, I'm no good, but like, yo, what's up, I'm the best. Like, how do I live right there? A balanced one. Knowing who I am. I know my weaknesses, but I know my strengths. I know what I'm not good at, but I don't, I know what I am good at. Like, right in the, how do I live there? I'm not arrogant, but I'm not living to woe is me. How do you balance that? How do you have a healthy self-esteem? Watch this, or a healthy self-love. Because you love yourself. That's why you think about yourself all the time. Good or bad. So how do you do it healthy? How do I have this correct view? A couple things real quick, and then I'm gonna give you one point. One point. It almost became a pointless message, but I got one point, okay? I got one point, and somebody's like, you'll figure it out later. All right, one point. The first thing I would encourage you is that you need to first do a healthy or an honest, let's call this an honest self-evaluation. You need to evaluate your thoughts. You need to evaluate yourself. Listen to what Paul writes in Romans 12, 3. Paul says, because I have the privilege and the authority of God. God has given him the authority. We believe that God, remember, inspired and spoke Paul to write the words we have. God has given me. I'm gonna give each one of you a warning. So when Paul says, I'm gonna give you a warning, we believe that's coming from the Lord. So the Holy Spirit inspired Paul to write this letter to the church in Rome and said, I've got a warning for you. Okay, Paul, what's the warning? As believers, he's speaking to us. We should perk up right here and go, what's the warning? What do you want us to do? Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourself and measure yourself, watch this, not according to the world standard, their standard, whatever, like, you measure yourself according to the faith that God has given you. 
He said, you need to not think so highly of yourself, but I love maybe your translation says, do a sound judgment of yourself. Evaluate yourself. Have you really evaluate your thoughts about yourself? Let me give you an assignment. Everyone, I'm gonna give you an assignment, especially if you struggle with low self-esteem. I want you to go home and I want you to write down every negative thought you think about yourself. Write it down. Because here's the reality. You can't evaluate things in your mind. When you try to evaluate something in your mind, you feel and your feelings will lie to you. Pull those suckers out, put them down on a sheet of paper, and you take those, those to trial. When you're sitting there saying, no one loves me, who said that to you? I will be a nobody. Who said that you were a nobody? You put those thoughts on trial. You pull every negative thought you have out of you about yourself, and you put it down on a sheet of paper, and you're gonna take it to trial. Who says that you'll, meet, you'll never accomplish anything? Who spoke that over you? I'm gonna take these things to trial. But listen to, when you do this, there could be things that may be true that you can change. There are things in your life you can change. For instance, if you realize this, I'm lazy. You know what? You may be lazy. Fix it. Well, I'm not disciplined. I'm just not disciplined enough to, you know what? You could change that. That is your choice. But there's some things, listen, that you can't change. But when people speak negativity and lies over you and you harbor those watches for years and years and decades, and decades, take those thoughts out of your mind, write them all down on a sheet of paper and you put them to trial. And what are you gonna measure them up to? You measure them up to God's word, what is truth, and see if it lines up with truth. No one loves you. Er, that's wrong. God said he always loves me. You're alone and you'll always be alone. Er, that's wrong. God, you promise you never leave me nor forsake me. You see what I'm saying? If you'll take them out of your mind, put them on paper and take those things to trial, you will realize that 99% of the things you're believing is a lie. And you'll wonder why you can't love yourself correctly when you have all these lies going in your mind about who you are. And therefore, you have a low self-image, self-esteem, self-worth, and watch that. That will affect every single relationship you have in your entire life because you will never live above the way that you see yourself. And are you seeing yourself correctly? So you need to do a self-evaluation. And then if you're gonna boast, I love what Paul writes, 2 Corinthians 10. He said, if you wanna boast, you wanna be arrogant, you wanna be prideful, here's what you do. If you wanna boast, boast only in the Lord. Boast in him. Man, I can't believe you got that promotion, you got that job, man. You know something, I worked hard for that. You know, I went to school, I went like seven years of school. I know you're supposed to do it in four years, but I did it in seven, you know that? I worked hard for that. It's about right somebody recognizes me and promotes me and I get the job that I want. It's about time someone does that. Listen, you wanna boast? Boast in the Lord. Well, guess what, I'm a self-made person, I'm a self-made. You are self-made nothing. Who woke you up this morning? Who gave you breath this morning? Who makes your heart beat this morning? Who watched you overnight and protected you while you slept? You're not a self-made nothing. You're only what God allows you to be. So if you're gonna boast, I can't believe I got that job. Man, God just come through in a way. I can't believe I got that house. God just blessed how we do it. You can't outgive. I can't believe I was able to buy it. I can't believe. See, you boast in him, not you. It's a mindset. It's a change that every one of you has the power to do. So if you wanna have this healthy self-esteem, you don't have to think less of yourself. You can also boast in the Lord, not in your strengths. Because the Bible says, when I am weak, that's when he's strong. So if I'm gonna boast, I'm gonna boast in the Lord. Why is this so important? Because this will detect, this will determine 
the way of your life. It will determine all the relationships you have. And most of you, listen, I'm, and listen, I'm, I'm not putting the blame. Everyone has different relationship problems with friendships or family or marriages or, or parenting, whatever it may be. But a lot of times it, it's because we are not loving ourselves correctly. And if I fix that, and a relationship goes sideways, just said, listen, then I still have a correct view that I'm doing the very best what God has given me and wants me to do. And I know it doesn't affect everyone your problems because we all got problems out the wazoo and everybody's got a certain situation. I know I can't do one big large counseling session for, for everyone because everyone's unique in this position. But I'm telling you, here's one big thing you could do is learn, begin to love yourself correctly. So how do I do that? How do I do that? Well, here's your relationship for your relationship. This is so simple, yet so profound. And this could radically change every single one of your relationships. You ready? I'm telling you, you're gonna be blown away by this. I mean, some of you are like, oh, you're on edge. Like, what is it? Give me, give me the secret sauce. Here's the secret sauce, ready? So simple, so profound. Here it is. See myself the way that God sees me. See yourself the way that God sees you. And if you can get through the noise, the lies, the pain, the trials, the scars, the words, the abuse, if you could get past all that, I'm damaged goods, what he did and she did to me and all this stuff and all my relationships, they walked out, they hurt, what, you get past all that. And if you could see yourself the way that God sees you, it would change every one of your relationships. And you'll begin to begin to love yourself correctly because you see yourself correctly. But when you look through other people's eyes and external sources to find your value, your worth, your, your significance, your esteem, then you're loving yourself incorrectly. But when I can see the way God sees me, and I know I'm running out of time, so I'm gonna run through this. In Ephesians chapter one, verse four and six, listen to what Paul says. Even before he made the world, even before he made the world, you were on his mind. I told that to my little girl the other day. Sorry, this is a dad moment, dad moment. And uh, she, just, she just turned seven. I said, Sadie, guess what? She said, what? I said, before God even made the stars, before God even made the moon, you were on his mind. She goes, how? How is that possible? How is that even possible? And so the other day, her, my, my youngest son and her were going at it because this is what siblings do, and he was saying stuff to her, and she looked at him, she said, Jake, before God made the stars, he thought of me. And when he made the dirt, he thought of you. Man, that was so good. I'm like, that's good. That is so, so good. You preach it, girl. Uh. And you tell all those boys that. All those boys that. Sorry, dad moment right there. Even before he made the world, now watch this, watch this. God loved us, he chose us in Christ to be holy without fault in his eyes. He decided in advance to adopt you, you're no longer an orphan, into his family and bring you to himself through Christ Jesus. This is what he wanted to do. It brought him pleasure to do that for you. Think about it, brought him pleasure. So we praise God for his glorious grace he poured out on us and he belonged to his dear son. So watch this, he says that you've been chosen. You've been picked. Before the foundation of the world, he saw you and he chose Christ 
to come and to die for you. And because you chose Christ and we're in Christ, we are chosen with him. He picked you before the foundation of the world. Could you imagine that? Before any you knew, before you even knew him, he knew you. Before you even loved him, he loved you. He chose you. Because some people don't feel like they've been chosen. Now watch this. He said, I only chose you, but you're holy. Some of you right now, you don't feel holy, do you? Don't feel holy. But holy is not based on my feelings. It's based on my position. I was once far off, but I've been brought near to Jesus now. And he says this, I have saved you and I've made you holy, even though you don't feel holy. And that word holy means I've set you apart, watch this, because he has a special agenda and a purpose for you to fulfill. There is something that only you, that God, watches out of 7 billion people put you on this planet, in your family, in your skin color, in your generation, exactly where nationality, no matter where you come from. He put you in that spot for a moment because there's something that only you can do. So you literally could say, I'm one out of 7 billion. Because there'll never be one like you ever. Even identical twins are different. No one has your voice print, your thumbprint. No one. You are so unique. He has set you apart because there's something that only you can accomplish in his wonderful plan. That's how much he loves you. He chose you. You are wholly set apart. Watch this. You are without fault. Think about that. How would that change most of our lives if we would just realize I am without fault? Not that I'm not to blame. Yes, I blew it. Yes, it was my fault. Yes, I sinned. Yes, I did it. But when he sees me, he sees me without fault. How is that possible? I'm not sinless, but I'm blameless. How in the world when God looks at someone like me, a messed up, jacked up person like me, how can he see me to be blameless? And the only reason why is not because of my works, not because I'm good, not because I blew it. The only way he sees me blameless is because he sees his son in me. And when he sees Jesus in me, he says, I am well pleased. Not in your performance. Yeah, you blew it. Yeah, you messed up. They are consequences to your sin. But as far as getting into heaven goes, you're without fault. Because my son took your place. So if I got up every single day knowing that I have been chosen, that I'm holy, not damaged goods, that, that I'm without fault. Yes, I mean, I mess up. I still mess up. I still sin. I still make mistakes. But according to God, he sees me without fault. If I could just see myself the way God sees me, I would love myself the way that God loves me. And then he goes on and says this, now I've adopted you into the family. That word, this is so important. I don't have time to unpack that. But here, listen, some of you, you feel so abandoned. You feel so alone. Listen, you have an orphan spirit in your life. The devil wants you to isolate you because if he can isolate you, he can assassinate you. But listen to me, you, if you have put your faith and trust in Jesus, he has adopted you into the family. That is a permanent move. You are adopted into the family of God. You're surrounded by the family of God. You have a father who will never leave you, nor forsake you, nor abandon you, nor abuse you. He loves you. He has a purpose for your life. Come on, if you just get that, that I'm not abandoned, I'm not alone, I'm not an orphan anymore. I don't have to walk around feeling lonely anymore. I have a heavenly father who loves me. If I could just see myself the way that he sees me, but I'm clouded by what the world says and what the devil says and what my past said and what my parents said and what she said. 
If I could just remove that, get it out of my head, put it on paper and examine it. God, here's what you say about me. Here's what my thoughts say about me. Is it truth or is it lies? And you will realize you will be getting across all those out because they're lies. You've been adopted in the family and then watch this. How is that possible? Because it's grace. And here's what some is saying. Pastor, I don't deserve that. I don't deserve to be adopted. I don't deserve to be chosen. I don't deserve to be without fault. That's not fair. You know what we all deserve? Hell. But I love what he says at the end. It was his grace that he poured out on us. You know what grace? Undeserving. And it took me a long time. Boy, I could preach grace. I can extend grace, but I couldn't receive grace. And I'd finally get to the point in my life, faults and all, that I just received his grace. And it took a long, long time in my journey walking with Jesus to get to that point. And I'm trying to help you today get to that point to realize that your worth, your self-worth is not found in the world system. Performance, performance plus other people's opinions equals your self-worth. No, no. God's way is God's truth about you equals your self-worth. And what has he said about you? We could go on and on and on and on and on. You're worth it. And you know this, you know this. I love this. I, I don't know. I love like, uh, like if you watch Pawn Stars or you like to, you watch the, you know, the storage base back and forth. They, they're auction off storage rentals and stuff like that. I love the art of deals. I love deals and stuff like that. I love negotiating. I love all that stuff. I'm just wired that way. And it's, I know, pray for me. It's just kind of weird, but I just love that stuff. But here's what I know. No matter what you're selling, what you're buying, the worth of it is only what someone's willing to pay for it. I don't care what price tag you put on it. You can put the highest price tag you want on it. But unless someone's willing to pay that for it, it's not worth it. What is it worth something being paid for? What are you worth when it comes to Jesus? This is what Peter writes, 1 Peter. He says in verse 18, for you know that God paid for you a ransom to save you from the empty life that you inherited from your ancestors. It was not paid with mere gold or silver, which loses their value. Listen, listen this. You have been bought. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless lamb. He, God chose him as your ransom. He paid the price long before the world began. But now in these last days, he has been revealed for your sake. How much are you worth, sir? How much are you worth, ma'am? God's son died for you. What value could you put? That's how much he loves you. Even when you don't love yourself correctly, that's how much he loves you. And if we will be a people, listen to me, Ashlyn, come on, Grayson. If we will be a people who will begin, and it takes time, to get in God's word and see ourselves the way that God sees us, it would change every one of our relationships. And watch this, ultimately, it could change the world because lost people will see Christ in us because we see Christ in us. And I'm telling you, it could change the world. I'm gonna ask you if you would just to bow your head for a moment. Please don't let this go in one ear out the other. You know, here at Bear Life Church, 
It's not about the past, it's all about the future. Sometimes we have to look to the past, learn from the past, point out lies from the past, to be healed today, so we'll be better tomorrow. Don't let the enemy come and snatch the seed that's planted in your heart this morning. And I know Super Bowl's coming, everything's coming, everybody's gonna be crazy about the, but listen to me. Please go home, take a sheet of paper, begin to put your thoughts down. Just brain dump it, write it all down all these negative things, and then you take those to trial. And listen to me, and if you can't do that by yourself, you find a trusted, God-fearing, God-loving, love Jesus, love the church, love you person, who you trust, and you sit down and say, here's what thoughts are in my mind. Listen, I text, listen, I text a pastor friend uh, last, last fall. I was all about doing a whole sermon, calling, I gotta change the billboard. Every time I start going through my mind, I got billboards up, billboards up, and these billboards are lying to me. You're no good, you're not a good leader, no one cares about you, and like all these, and I, and I told him, I sent him a text, and I said, here's the billboards that I see in my mind, it's flashed in my mind, but today I'm taking the billboards down and I'm replacing it, and I replace it with the quote that he spoke over me and that he told me. I said, this is the new sign that I'm putting up in my mind. Some of you need to go home and take down the billboard. That's a whole nother sermon. And put that billboard up. And you bring someone what God says about you. You bring someone along and says, no, let's, let's examine this together. Because some, listen, we all have blinders. And some of you have been so blinded by lies so long. It's so habitual that you're going to need a friend to help you walk through this and pull you out of those damaging lies that the enemy wants us to believe. And I pray today more than anything, if some of you heard this, I want you to please hear this. Everything that I've spoken and all those promises are for all those who are in Christ Jesus. And today, if you are not in Christ Jesus, if you've never given your life to Jesus, the Bible says you're not actually family, you're an enemy of God. And God loves you so much that even though you're far off and you're a foreigner in that sense, he's gonna pursue you because he loves you. He sent his son for you. But if you're ready to break the generational curse in your life and you're ready to give your life to Jesus, says, listen, I, I, I need to learn how to love myself so I can love the people around me. The only way that you'll ever be to show the love is to receive the love. Because it's not achieved, it's received. And I beg you today, implore you, give your life to Jesus. How do I do that? Right where you sit, you could cry out to him. Say, Jesus, I believe. I believe you came for me. I believe you died for me. And I believe you got up out of the grave for me. And as best as I know how, right now I repent of all my sin. And I put my faith and trust in you. Now help me love myself correctly. Because I experienced your love today. In just a moment, at all of our locations, host is gonna come out and they're gonna help you take your next step. We're all about helping people take next step. And I pray the Holy Spirit will use today's message to begin to change you, that begin to change the relationships in your life. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for how true and relevant it is. God, we all love ourselves. I pray today we begin to take the steps that we need to love ourselves correctly. Help us, Lord, to evaluate. You tell us in your word, have a healthy, a healthy, sound judgment. Help us 
that if we're gonna boast, we only boast in you. It's not our skills, it's not our talents, it's all you. And we thank you in advance for what you're gonna do through your people. For it's in your name I ask and I pray, amen.